The following audio has been brought to you by Word of Grace Community Church. For more information about Word of Grace, visit wogcc.com. Last week we kicked a brand new series off called Training Ground with Dr. Bob Utley. How many of you guys were able to come to some of the night sessions and you're able to even come on Sunday to hear Dr. Bob? It was just absolutely fantastic. And, and I'll tell you, church family, I'll tell you a little inside scoop about uh, uh, Bob Utley. Um, so he really has a heart for uh, missions and for uh, overseas pastors. And he preached five times and taught five times for us and just shared his heart, shared the things that God had put on his heart. And he refused any type of offering or honorarium that we tried to give him. And he wanted all of the money we were going to give him to go overseas to uh, help to bring Bibles to other countries. And you get to be a part of that. And I just think that's absolutely fantastic. And we were really grateful uh, just to have Dr. Utley come and just share and invest in our church family. He's over at Hope Community Church this morning, over by Pastor Andy, and uh, we'll be praying for them to have awesome services and for their church to be challenged in the same way our church has been challenged to go deeper. So I believe when Dr. Utley shared, I think one of the things that happened in our church through those teachings that he did was that there was a stirring that happened. I believe there was a hunger that got stirred to pursue getting into the Bible more. And today I want to give you some practical practices to study Scripture so that you can be equipped to handle this ancient book. This honestly should cause heavy repentance in the body of Christ. It really should. It should cause heavy repentance in the body of Christ because when we talk about the subject of studying Scripture, the first thing that we all need to admit is that, man, I'm not pursuing God in the Scripture like I should be. I think we all have busy lives. We all have our laundry list of excuses, myself included. Sometimes it's easy for me as a pastor to get into sermon preparation and sometimes get in the bad habit of neglecting to spend time personally for myself, not just for you, but for myself. And we have to make these things a priority. So I think that this topic alone should cause a measure of repentance in all of us, because we've all been guilty of needing to prioritize knowing God more through studying the Bible. We also need to prioritize building confidence in approaching the Bible so that we don't allow intimidation to keep us from knowing God more. And that's my goal today, is to begin to break down barriers of intimidation that the enemy may have and he's put in front of you every time maybe you open the Bible, you get lost, you get confused, you don't know what to do. So I'm going to give you three practical practices today to help you to be able to grow in studying the Scripture so you can apply the things that Bob Utley taught us. And those messages are all going to be available online so you can go through the whole seminar if you missed any of the nights or if you missed last Sunday. We want to make sure that you have access to know how to handle the scripture, and that you can do it with confidence so intimidation doesn't keep you from ever uh, getting into the scripture. Because Sunday morning is great, and community group is great, but you know what? You don't just eat physically food. You don't eat that twice a week, do you? No. We, none of us just eat twice a week. We have to invest daily in scripture reading, make sure that we are investing in knowing God more so that we don't allow ourselves to get tricked 
and we don't sway away from the truth because someone comes along that says something that sounds good in the moment or that someone doesn't come teaching some new thing or something that gets you excited and you haven't had the maturity to be able to weigh that against the Bible and weigh that against Scripture. We can get caught up in all kinds of emotions. We can get caught up in all types of things that sound really, really close to the truth, but yet there's something that's not right there. And we need to be able to determine and know what is of God and what's not. And the only way for us to know that is for us to be people who are diligent to study Scripture, to know who God is, because we're full of the Holy Spirit if we are followers of Jesus, and we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. We have the Scriptures, and we should be able to discern and know what is truth and what is error or what is just bad doctrine that's trying to pull me away from the focus being on Jesus Christ. You know, it's like when I first went to the gym years ago, um, back in 2013, I knew I needed to make a change in my life, and I was really unhealthy, and I had never had like an athletic past. I can see the shocks on all of your faces, but I had never really had an athletic past to where I played football or something, or where I was really super athletic or had ever trained before really uh, intensely. I'd never done that. So I didn't have that background to really know how to approach going to the gym. When I would go to the gym, I would be really intimidated by all of the equipment. I had bought plenty of gym memberships just like everyone else has. I mean, you know, January 1, you're going to buy that gym membership. But I had only gone in and done the things that I knew how to do, and that was really limited. I knew how to pedal on the stationary bicycle, and I knew how to operate the treadmill. And so every time I would go to the gym, I would just stick to those two things, and that's all I knew how to do. But that wasn't all the equipment that was in the gym, and that certainly wasn't all of the equipment that I was paying to have access to be able to use. But those were the only things that I used. That was my go-to every time. And when I would get bored of that, and I would get tired of that, I would get discouraged, and I would just quit, and then I would still have to pay throughout the contract the rest of my gym membership. But then I brought in a personal trainer, and I hired a personal trainer in 2013, and he spent the next nine months teaching me not just about the treadmill and the stationary bicycle, but he taught me about weights. He taught me about form. He taught me about body weight exercises. He taught me about uh, a certain types of, of, of CrossFit-style exercises. and all. He exposed me to a whole new world of things that I never would have dared try because I was intimidated, I would just go right back to the treadmill and to the stationary bike. So my goal today is that with you as a believer, that you would grow just a little bit more today and that you would grow in knowing how to do things correctly and how to use things that perhaps you didn't know how to use before. So that way you can get off the treadmill and you can go experience all the other things that God wants you to experience and know about himself. And that you can do it confidently. And it takes time. It, it just, it does. It takes time. So don't think that overnight you're going to know how to do everything. No more than when I hired the personal trainer. I didn't know how to do everything the very next day. It took time. But you have to make that investment. You have to expose yourself to different things and different practices in order to help you have confidence in handling the scripture. So you don't just get stuck in an old rut. Because if we just get stuck in a rut and we just keep approaching Scripture the same way, we're always going to have the same old roadblocks. And God wants us to grow, and me as your pastor, I want you to grow as well. And so today, I pray that these practical practices will help you to grow as you approach studying Scripture so you can grow stronger. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. Let's start off in Scripture over in Hebrews 
Hebrews chapter 5, and let's look over in verse 12. Hebrews 5 and verse 12. The English Standard Version reads like this. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Here the writer of Hebrews said, listen, there's a lot I want to tell you about Jesus. And there's some things I want to talk to you about, about how he's our high priest. And there's some deeper things I want to explain to you. But he says, I can't go there with you right now because you really haven't exercised knowing God more through discernment or through knowing more of the scripture. And so I, I have to come back and teach you these elementary things, even though really by this time you actually should be teachers. There's been enough time since you have come to Christ that you should really be hungry to know him more and that you should really be stronger in the area of discernment. You should be stronger in the area of knowing Scripture and having a solid foundation. So we see here that the writer of Hebrews points out a need for us to grow, that we're not just supposed to stay stagnant, that we're not supposed to just uh, come to church on Sunday and that's it and we're done. No, he says you ought to be. He puts the responsibility on the person that he's writing to. And that's you and me now that we're reading this going, the responsibility is mine to grow. It's not going to be uh, your pastor. It's not going to be uh, your children's church teacher that maybe if you grew up in church and it's not going to be uh, your community group leader that when you stand before the judgment seat of God and he asks you, what did you do with the gifts and the time and the talent and the purpose that he created you for? It's not going to be your, well, they didn't tell me or, well, I didn't know this or know that. No, you and I are responsible for our own growth and we are accountable to activate the things that we know. And we're accountable to grow more and not stay stagnant. Now, my job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And I want to do that through a number of ways. I want to inspire you. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want you to rise to the occasion. And I want you to prioritize the things of God. And I hope that through this challenge and through this message that you're stirred to do so. But I can't do it for you. I can want it. Oh, man, I can want it so bad for you. Oh, but no matter how bad I want it, I can't force you to do that. And I don't want to force you to. I don't want to manipulate you. I want you to do it out of a genuine heart that really wants to know God more. I want you to study Scripture because you really have a heart to know God more. Because if you're just doing it because you think I'm going to be impressed, you know what? Impressing Pastor Derek doesn't go far with God. <laughs> God goes, oh, you impressed Pastor Derek. Big whoop dee doo doesn't really matter. God wants to know, do you want him? Are you hungry for him? Are you pursuing him? And that's what he wants from us. So the first thing that we need to practice is we need to practice to understand. We need to seek to understand scripture. And some of it, you've got to work a little harder than other texts of scripture to understand. That's just the way it is. Some of it is pretty straightforward, and what you see is what you get. It's pretty literal. You understand it. The first time you read it, you go, wow, that's great. That's true. But then there's weird stuff that you don't understand, that you maybe can't take literal because it wasn't meant to be taken literal. Those are the harder things when you look at it and you go, oh, my goodness. 
For example, it's easier to understand John 3.16 that says God so loved the world that he gave his only son than it may be easier to understand Leviticus 3.16 that says all the fat is the Lord's. And you're like, yes, Lord, take it. It's yours. <laughs> there are some easy things that we can do to help ourselves understand the Bible. And I want you to, you can write some of these down if you'd like, but the number one thing that I think would really help all of us is to get a translation of the Bible that you can read and understand. I think that's really important for us to be able to find a translation of Scripture that we understand, something that is, makes sense to us, uh, that helps us to understand. I, I really don't believe that there's one translation that's holier than another. I think there are probably some that are more accurate um, than others. And I think that there are certain ones that uh, maybe uh, would help you uh, to study better than others. But at the same time, uh, I think you need to find something to get started that you understand. At Word of Grace, we use the English Standard Version because it is a word-for-word -word translation, and I believe that it's best for teaching. And so that's why we use the English Standard. If you get one of our Bibles that are in the back over by the sound booth, and you get one of those, whether you, you can take that home if you don't have a Bible, and if you'd like an English Standard translation, I would, I would love for you to have that Bible. It's our gift to you. You won't get tackled by the ushers on the way out. You can have that if you don't have a Bible. But l listen, if you, if you just forgot your Bible and you want to grab one of those, you can always do that every week. Just put it back when you're done. But those are the English Standard, and I use the English Standard when I teach because when it was translated, it is a literal word-for-word -word translation. So that means that the word that was originally in the manuscript, they took the best word in our language to help explain that. So it is a word-for-word. -word. There are other translations that are thought-for-thought -thought translations. And they literally just kind of take the ideas of the text rather than taking the literal words. Now, that's okay, too. There's nothing wrong with thought-for-thought -thought translations, but they may read a little different than certain passages of Scripture. Most of it will agree, but there will be parts of it that maybe you go, oh, that says that different, and that's where you really have to dive in, make sure that you do proper study before you interpret it just at face value with what may be being said. When I love thought-for-thought -thought translations because it helps me to understand why the writer may have written it because it's being written in the way that the person that translated it uh, trying to get in the other person's head, trying to get the thought, the intent out of that text. But... I will say that if you're studying Scripture with a thought-for-thought -thought translation, you need to pair it with a word-for-word -word translation to see if there's any discrepancies there, see if they agree with one another. And there's a long list. I've got some resources for you that I'm going to give you today um, out uh, on the community group wall uh, where we have our weekly uh, community group study guides. This week, instead of just doing a normal community group study guide, I've put together a list of resources, and it is a full page of all these resources. So don't worry about, what was that thing Pastor Derek said that I needed to get, or what was that thing? Don't worry about it. I've got a list of websites, resources, all kinds of stuff for you to be able to utilize this stuff. You can get this online even and compare, and you can look online and see which translations are word for word, which ones are thought for thought. And then there's some that are hybrid. Um, the NIV would be a hybrid. There's certain portions that they do literally go word for word, and then there's some portions that they go thought for thought, and there's kind of a, a mixture of both of those. So uh, there's different ways that you can look at Scripture uh, so far as through the different lenses of the different translations, but make sure the, the main thing is that you find something that helps you to understand 
scripture and make sure you always compare a thought for thought with a word for word and start with a book of the bible that is going to be an easier book of the bible so many people where do they normally start when they start reading the bible help me out where do you start genesis that's right that's right Genesis is a super confusing book if you've never read the Bible before. It kind of sort of makes sense in the beginning of creation, but then when you get to all the weird names and stuff, you start scratching your head and going, uh, and who's, what's going on, and what's this, sons of, what, is the, what does all this stuff mean? And it gets really confusing. Uh, our staff has been going through the Bible in a year, and we've been doing a Bible study together as a staff, and we're synced up with where we're supposed to be reading. Every Thursday morning, we have our small group, and we do it before we start our work day. So everyone comes in, and we all sit down, and we discuss this, and we started in Genesis 2. And even for our group as the church staff, it was weird because we were reading through Genesis, and there were some great questions that came out of Genesis. People going, well, what about this? What about that? I'm like, you know what? And then you start thinking, if I'm a new Christian or if I'm someone who doesn't really understand the Bible, there would be a lot of confusion around that because there are some things that are pretty straightforward, some things that are not very straightforward that are really difficult for us to understand. So I would encourage you, don't start at Genesis. Here would be my recommendation to you. If you want to start in Genesis, that's your business. You can send me an email. I don't care. But if, you, but if you want to remove the hurdle, okay, are you understanding what I'm saying? I, I, listen, I think it's great to read the Bible through in, in a year, and we're doing it as a staff. But that's not the goal as a Christian to read the Bible through in a year, okay? It's a great thing to do. I, I think when you do that, one of the benefits of reading Scripture through uh, the Bible through in a year is that you see things that you've never seen before. You read stories and passages and things will leap off the pages to you that maybe you missed in maybe doing a topical Bible study or just reading one book. When you go through it, you, you definitely see things you didn't see before. So there's benefit there. But it's not the goal for all Christians to just read the Bible through like it's some sort of merit badge that we get to pin on once we've done it. And we walk around, well, I'm a Christian that's read the Bible through in a year. Yeah, but are you living the Bible through? Did you understand what you read? Because if you didn't understand what you read, you just looked at a lot of words on a page that were in English. I mean, you can hand me an astrophysics book, and it can be written in English, but when I read it, I may be able to pronounce a lot of the words, but I do not know what in the world they're talking about. I'll, I'll, be under, I'll be able to understand certain words and certain concepts, but man, it's not, I, I wouldn't get it. So I think that it's more important that we understand the scripture, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to start somewhere that you can understand. And here's the track, and, and Bob Utley reiterated this, and this is a track that I've actually talked to other pastors in our area about when we have our false clergy meeting. I asked them what they thought about kind of people getting started reading scripture, and they all agreed. Um, with me and Bob Utley. So if you're agreeing with Pastor Derek and Bob Utley, it's got, no, I'm kidding. I shouldn't even, <laughs> it's got to be good, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I believe a great place to start would be the Gospel of John, and here's why. Because it tells you the story of Jesus. And it tells you, I mean, it tells you the story of Jesus. And then after that, I really love the idea of going to the book of Romans because it begins to tell you the story of the gospel. So now you've heard the story of Jesus and then you read through the book of Romans and you begin to understand the gospel. And then after you've read that, I would recommend that you go to 1 John where you begin to read through some more practical things of how we're called to live, how we as Christians are supposed to be separate from the rest of the world and, and how there's something different. And even though there may be persecution and there may be challenges and we may not always be welcome with our message and the way that we live, this is how we're supposed to live in spite of that. 
how we're supposed to live in those conditions. And, and I think that's a great track for anyone. If you've ever had big hurdles in your life with the Scripture, why don't you start with that? And then find something you can read and understand. Go through John. Go through Romans. Go through 1 John. Or the book of James is another great practical book. There are a lot of great things just to help you get started. And as you do, you'll begin to build confidence in reading the Scripture and knowing more about God than you did before. And listen, don't read Scripture just to read Scripture so you can stick your chest out and say, well, I read a whole book of the Bible today. That's great and all, but it's still more important that you understand it than you just read it. Hello, somebody? And so if the goal is to understand, then you might need to slow yourself down. And if you need to slow down, take smaller chunks and think on those things. Take time to write. Take time. I would encourage you to journal. I I love writing. Maybe if that's kind of your thing, write your thoughts down. Revisit your thoughts. Read it slow so you can read it some more. See what I did there? You can read it and understand it and seek to understand. And look at what's being said. I think that's so important. You can also start with a, with a great topic if you want to do a topical study on, on something like love or forgiveness, something that you kind of already have a basic understanding of, that you can find scriptures that talk about those different topics, and, and you can look at those things in context and see more about who God is. Seek to understand the purpose of the book that you're reading. What's the main message the author was trying to get across? Do you notice any themes throughout this? Who wrote the book? When was it written? What else was going on in the world during that time? I I don't know about you, but I am particularly fond of history. I, I love history. It's just something that I'm always interested in. I'll watch a documentary on anything, but especially if it's something dealing with history about really anything, because I love that information, and I love knowing those things. And when we began to open up a history book, and we look at it at the same time that maybe that book was written, you can see what was going on in the world during that time, and it helps you to be kind of kind of uh, placed mentally in that, in that area, thinking about what this would be like, how this would be received, what things would were important during those times, and you can have a greater understanding of that. Also, you, you're going to need resources to help you answer some of those questions. Some study Bibles have great resources in that department. And one of our global partners, the Bible Project, also has great resources to help you out in this area as well. In our community group that we have, and when, we, when, we, when our community group meets, the very first thing that we do after we have a time of fellowship and, you know, chips and dip and good stuff like that, we sit down and we bring the kids and everybody into our family room in our home and there's a lot of kids in our community group. I think that we have like 15 kids in our community group. Like, and that's, they outnumber the adults. And so you have all these kids, and then you have the adults in our group sitting down in our living room, and we pull up a Bible Project video, and that's how we started out. Now, we as a group aren't going through the Bible Project, but they're understandable for anyone at any, at any age uh, group. And so we watch the little 10-minute video for the Bible Project, and we just talk about it. And I'll throw out some questions for the kids or maybe even the adults, and we as a family talk about that. And then the kids will go play, and then we have our, our community group Bible study, that we're, whether we're going through a marriage thing or, or a parenting thing or some book of the Bible, whatever we may be doing. But that's what we do. We utilize 
the Bible Project, because it helps you understand Scripture so well. And they're one of our great global partners. And man, there's free resources on YouTube. You just type in the Bible Project, and you can find topics. You can find any book of the Bible, and it will really help clear up some confusion for you and help make sense of things that maybe didn't make sense before. So I would encourage you to not only use that for yourself, do it as a family. Ten minutes, right? Ten minutes. Take 10 minutes with your family and watch one of those videos and, and then talk about it around the dinner table or, or, or maybe just, just sit you know, uh, in your family room and talk about those things with your husband and wife, with your friends, with your family. Talk about these things and help one another to be sharpened and to grow. So uh, make sure that you grab one of those things off the community group wall too. It's just a single sheet. Man, it's going to be great. As soon as service is over, go grab one of those. Uh, it'll be a great resource for you too. And it's got Bible Project as well. It's a ton of others. I even put stuff on there like apologetics resources. So if you want more information on how to defend your faith, how to stand up for what you believe, I've got great resources on there. And the majority, like 95% of the stuff I put on there, you guys, is free. You hear me? F-R-E-E, no coupon needed. Free, all right? It's free, and it's just out there. And for us to not use it, that's a travesty for those of us who are following Jesus. Wouldn't you agree? To have all these resources and all these people put all this work into this, and we, the people of God, just let it sit there and collect dust, and we just think coming to church once a week is good enough? Man, that's not okay. We need to wake up and realize God has blessed us. We are an extremely blessed generation that gets to experience the amount of information that has been out there and the research that's been done. We have no excuse, people, for not knowing God more. We have no excuse. People have tried to make it as convenient as possible, even to where they'll put it on your phone and give it away for free. We have no excuse for not knowing God more. People put every translation you can think of on an app on your phone for free for you. And there have been people that have donated their time, people that have donated finances to resource all this stuff, to make it all happen so we could have access and so we could eliminate the excuses. So we have to get out of our own way and make studying Scripture a priority and not let excuses and intimidation keep us from understanding more of who God is. Amen? Because I don't want us to be the people like the writer of Hebrews was writing there in Hebrews chapter 5 where he said that, you know, uh, you guys, I wish you could handle more. I wish we could talk about Jesus being our high priest after the order of Melchizedek more. I have some things to say about this, but you wouldn't understand. And so because you wouldn't understand, you know what, I, go back, I got to go back to some elementary things, even though you should be further along with the time that you have been following Jesus. He said, you're, you're, you're unskilled in the word of righteousness. You're, you're a babe, and you need milk, not solid food. He said, we need to be solid. We need to, we need to have uh, the, the type of understanding where we can receive deeper things from the Lord, where we can hear about those things that may be more challenging, or we can learn some of those things about God that maybe we didn't quite understand before. And he wants us to know those things about him. And speaking of community groups, like I mentioned mine earlier, you can get in a group. It's another thing you can do to help understand the Bible more. You can start a group to discuss what you're reading in the Bible with other Christians. You don't have to know everything. You know what? That is not a qualification for leading a community group. We don't say there, line one, know everything about everything. You don't have to know everything, man. Just be curious and just be teachable. We'll train you. We'll teach you. We'll show you how to lead a group. Everyone in that group should be a group of people who are all seeking to grow in more of God, to know him more, to challenge and encourage one another, to spur one another on, as Scripture says, to good works. That's, that's what that group should be doing. 
and to help talk about ideas free, freely without judgment or, or, or fear of someone going, really, you don't understand that? Oh, my goodness. Let me go warm up your bottle in the microwave, you baby Christian. <laughs> if you're treating somebody that way, you don't have the love of God in you anyway, and you just need to get saved. Because if you love people, it doesn't matter how far you're into this thing and how much scriptural knowledge that you have acquired. I love the humility of Dr. Bob Utley where he says, the more that I know, the more I find out that I don't know. (laughs) The more I think I know, the more I realize I don't know. And so we have to remain humble and teachable, not like we've arrived and we all understand this and this poor little person doesn't understand anything. You should never treat anyone that way. I've shared this story with with our church before, and I'm going to share it again because I just feel like God wants me to share this because maybe somebody here needs to hear this story. When I was a youth pastor in Oklahoma, I had been studying Scripture. I was so excited to be able to uncover a certain truth in Scripture, and I just found it just on my own from reading Scripture. I saw it, and I was like, wow, my eyes were open. I was so excited. I wanted to run and tell my pastor what I had just discovered in the Scripture And I wanted him to be excited with me too. And I ran and I showed my pastor and and his wife happened to be there at the same time. And here I am, a young youth pastor, and I've been studying scripture, pouring over this thing. And I run and I say, look at this. And you see this connects to this back here. And you see how this works. And isn't this awesome? And I was so excited about it. And he looked at me and said, you've never heard that before? And I was like, oh, no. And his wife said, what? You've never heard that before? You've never seen that before? And they began to talk about how I had never seen all this before. And I began to just, uh, I just kind of shrunk back a little bit. And then after they got through just kind of, you know, uh, patronizing me, they said, uh, you want to go out to lunch? I'm good. I, I think I'm going to go home for lunch and cry. <laughs> and do you think the next time I saw something in the scripture that I ran and told them? No, I didn't. Because I was afraid. And, and, and maybe that's happened to you. Maybe there's been a time you were really excited about the Lord and you went up and you full of zeal and excitement, shared something with someone and they just, boom! They just knocked it down. Or they treated you like, really? You're just now seeing that? I don't care if somebody discovers John 3.16 for the first time. I was watching a Packer game. They did the Lambo Leap. It said John 3.16. I looked it up. That's the greatest thing I've ever read. And you should say, that's awesome. High five. That's great. Nux, man, that's great. That is awesome. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited that you're into the scripture and that you're reading and understanding God. Man, I remember when I understood that scripture, how that just went off in me and how I'm so excited for you. Wouldn't that have been a better response? Praise God that people are hungry for Scripture. Praise God that people are hungry in their pursuit of Christ. Let's not beat them up when they find something that you already knew. Hello, somebody. Encourage one another. So if you've been out of community group or you've been afraid of getting into community or you've been afraid of connecting with other Christians because you don't want to be the person who asks the dumb question, that's the enemy trying to intimidate you. And the reason he's trying to intimidate you is because he wants to keep you from growing and knowing God more. I'll just be quiet. I just won't say anything. Or I just won't attend altogether. No, ask Man, we have a heart for you. And our church should be a safe place where we are people who have a heart for one another to help each other grow. Amen? And if we don't have that, then what are we doing? 
If we don't have a heart to help each other to grow, what are we doing? That's another sermon for another day. Somebody take notes and remind me. But you can check out the community group wall. You can email Pastor Keith. You can email him, pastorkeith at wgcc.com. And I want you to email him if you're interested in either being a part of a group or starting a group. We will get you hooked up, and we will train you. We will teach you. If God's stirring in you and you know that you need to step up and do something, man, do that. Um, Take seeking understanding in small bite-sized pieces. Don't think that you need to understand the whole Bible in one setting. Just seek to understand. You can meditate on texts. One of the things that my mom taught me growing up that's always been really helpful is that she used to take the little index cards and she would write scriptures on it and she would put those cards in the mirror. And when I go to the bathroom and I was brushing my teeth or when I was combing my hair, yeah. When I, was, when I would go, I haven't always been bald. Um, when I go comb my hair, I looked in the mirror and I could barely see my reflection because there are scriptures all over the bathroom mirror. And I remember just reading those things. You know, I'm brushing my teeth, and I'm looking in the mirror, and, and I'm reading those scriptures. I remember mom doing that. My mom always had a scripture everywhere she would go. I think she still does that to this day. She'll use them as bookmarks. She'll, she'd have them in the car, in the cup holders. You know, they're everywhere. Um, she, would ha- she would put them in my lunchbox as a kid, even, going to school. Just to keep the Word of God in front of you, to meditate on it, to think on it. Just take one scripture and commit it to memory and think on what that scripture means and just allow yourself to meditate, not not in a weird way where you're like, that's not what we're talking about here. Meditate just simply means just think on this thing over and over again. Explore this passage of scripture and explore that just just in your mind when when you're on break at work or if you work uh, somewhere where, where you can kind of allow your head to go to that space and just think about that. Maybe even when, you know, you're driving or, or when you're at home and you have some quiet time or some alone time, just think on those things. While you're drinking your coffee in the morning, think on those things. Keep Scripture in front of you and meditate on it. Start in small bite-sized chunks. Don't feel you have to understand everything in one portion. Do word studies on text. Do historical readings. Just make sure that your conclusions are in light of context. It's very important that we always do things in context. So if you do a word study, you have to look at what does that word mean in reference to and in light of the sentence. And then the sentence that you're reading, you need to interpret that within the context of the paragraph. And the paragraph needs to be interpreted within the context of the literary unit, the the division of where you can tell that he's talking about this from this chapter to this chapter. Just like when we went through our uh, study uh, on supernatural where we taught verse by verse through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We did that through that supernatural teaching and we hit every one of those texts that dealt with that in that letter. Now, we didn't explore all of 1 Corinthians, but we did hit the chapters that talked about spiritual gifts. And when we did that, that's called a literary unit. So it's within the body of a book, in the body of that letter, but yet it's talking about one subject. And you can identify those pretty easy. You can tell when they start to write about a certain topic and then kind of when they end and transition to something else. So you want to interpret the paragraph in light of the literary unit. And the literary unit, you need to interpret in light of the book. And in the light of the book, that needs to be interpreted with the rest of Scripture. And that's how we make sure that we're staying in context. If, if we don't feel like we understand the context, or if you have a thought 
that when you read the scripture, hmm, I read the scripture. I wonder if this means that. Well, you need to read and keep expanding until you're confident. Doesn't mean you have to read the whole thing every single time that you go to study scripture, but you need to read it until you're confident that you're reading it in the context with the intent of the original author and make sure that you're understanding it. Understand uh, and, and seek clarity so that we can grow. Ask questions, man. Have a pen and paper, highlighter, write in your Bible, uh, write in the margins. I highlight and underline and all the time. And some of the greatest gifts that I have are my grandfather's Bible and my mother's Bible. And she wrote things when I was a baby in one of those Bibles, all written in there. She wrote things that God showed her in there through studying Scripture. And I have those things in there. They're precious to me. So just seek to grow. So the first practice is to practice to understand. The second one is practice to apply. Once you understand what the passage that you've been studying meant to the people of its day, what does that same idea, that same principle, or that same thing about God that you just read, what does it mean to you? How is it still speaking to you today? When I prepare a message, I always ask two very simple questions, and I write I have a big dry erase board in my office. And I write this down every single week when I'm preparing a message to teach. I write down the question, no, question mark, and then I put do, question mark. I want to answer the question through preparing this message of what do I want people to know and what do I want them to do. So God, what do you want me to know in this passage of Scripture? I want to understand that. And then the second thing, what do you want me to do with this passage? of scripture that I've just read. So what do I need to know? What do I need to do? Over in the book of James, if you're still hanging out in Hebrews, it's just a quick jump a few pages over to James chapter 1 and verse 19. James writes this, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer but forgets, uh, that forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. He said, you want to know what pure religion is? He said, it's hearing the word and doing it. It's actually looking and saying, God, what do you want me to do? I need to understand this, but I need to understand it for a purpose. And the purpose I need to understand it is so I can practice to apply. Biblical understanding without biblical application is the gateway to creating modern-day Pharisees. Modern-day people who think they know everything and who have a lot of head knowledge but they have very little fruit in their life of an evidence of a true relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't have their hand up saying, Lord, I'm available. They're saying, I just know a whole lot and I'm really spiritual because of everything I know and everything I've done in the past and now I'm just going to kind of coast. That's not how it works. Actually, 
a tree is known by its fruit. So we need to be producing fruit by saying, yes, Lord, I'm available. What do you want me to do? My hands up, God. I read this. I understood it. I studied it. And now what's next? I want to do it. I got my hand up. I'm available. Yes, Lord. I'm going to practice to apply so I don't trick myself into thinking that I'm something I'm not. That I don't look in the mirror, walk away, and forget. That I'm not that double-minded person that's unstable. But yet, I actually am living out what James calls true religion. Where I'm actually doing stuff with what I've read and what I've understood. And now it's time to step out and apply it. I think that we need to grow as believers so we can avoid the temptation to be those modern-day Pharisees that are full of pride, that are judgmental that are ineffective people who claim to know God because on the outside they may look all great and may can quote scripture, sound impressive with their words, but just like Jesus talked to those Pharisees, they're like whitewashed tombs. They look nice on the outside, but you want to go inside that tomb, what's in there? A bunch of dead man's bones. There's no life in there. There's nothing that's producing anything. And so I don't want us to be a church full of people who have great whitewashed tombs, but we don't have any fruit in our lives. Amen? Amen. So as you study Scripture and you're practicing to apply, write down ways you can apply what you've learned and understood about God. Answer those two questions, just like I do. You know what? If you answer those two questions, you'll be doing the same thing I do every week in preparing messages. I just really explore those two questions is really what I do. God, what do you want me to share with our church family that you want them to know? And then, Lord, what do you want us to do about it? What do you want us to do? What's the action piece? And so what am, what am I supposed to know? How am I supposed to understand, Lord? What do you want me to understand? And then action piece, what do you want me to do? Write down ways you can apply that. You are accountable for the information, and you are responsible to put it into practice. If you need accountability, and this is something that you're not really doing well when, you, when it comes time to putting these things into action, man, get in a community group. Have a friend or a spouse commit to hold you accountable. Find someone to hold you accountable so you can put what you've studied into practice. The best way to solidify something you've read in the Bible in your life is to act on it in some way. That's the best way to solidify it. It's the best way. You know what? I would rather somebody be able to kind of halfway quote the scripture and maybe even botch a few words here and there, but yet live it out in their everyday lives than be able to speak it perfectly and flawlessly, but never have lived it. You know what, if you stumble over John 3.16 and you don't get all the words right, but you're living John 3.16, that's more important to me. And I think that's more important to God, is that we're living it out. Now, I, I do think it's great to memorize Scripture, and we definitely want to make sure we're being accurate, so don't misunderstand me. But I think that the priority should be on ap uh, applying what we've understood, not just memorizing a bunch of facts and a bunch of words, amen? Getting the heart behind what God is saying and then actually doing the thing that He's called us to do. It'll glorify God, and it'll help us to grow. So we're going to understand, we're going to practice to apply, and the last thing is we're going to practice to share. Anything good, church, anything good that we find, what do we do? We share it with other people. We share it with people that we want them to be excited about it with us. We share restaurant reviews, what we made for supper, <laughs> a great deal of what uh, uh, that maybe you stumbled on in the store, a movie that you thought was great, we share those things without having to be taught how to share them. No one sat through a class on how to share about the movie that you went and watched last Tuesday 
so that your friends will be excited about it. You didn't sit down and have to really take a bunch of notes on how to share that. No one probably taught you how to get excited about and share a great deal that you found in the store the other day. You did it naturally. And the reason you did it naturally is because you were excited about it and you wanted to share that excitement with people that you cared about and people that you wanted to be excited along with you. That's an easy thing to do. When we are excited about knowing God more, when we are excited about who He is, when we're excited about learning and growing in Scripture, you are naturally going to share. You're going to want to share. And you need to share because any good thing that we want others to experience, man, it is worth sharing. And if you want to take your Bible study to the next level, you have to share with others what you learned or what you're learning. And the best way I know to do this, and the safest way that I know to do this, if you're just getting started in your faith walk, in your journey with Christ, or if you're just getting started in in studying Scripture, is in the context of Christ-centered community. In connecting with other believers, that's one of the greatest benefits of being together as a church body. As not only do we get to learn together, but we actually get to know other people who are trying to grow in the same things we're trying to grow in. And therefore, you've got a whole group of people here. Just look around. You've got a whole group of people here. And they're all hearing the same thing you're hearing. And they want to grow in being able to properly understand and apply Scripture. So you've got an audience here to share with. So you've got to get to know each other. You've got to get connected to each other. And you can do that through community groups. You can do that through connecting with each other, uh, through serving on Team Wog. You can do that through just becoming friends and hanging out through fellowships and other things that we do here at church. Or just saying hello to someone who maybe you've never met before inviting someone out to lunch or to go to coffee to get to know them more, building those relationships. And now you've got someone that you can sit down and say, hey, this is what I learned in Scripture this week, or this is what God showed me today, or this is what I learned in the message this weekend. And you can talk, and that excitement is contagious. It is, it is absolutely contagious. And I know that you probably have friends that are outside of this church. And that's great. You need to have those too. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying all your friendships need to be within the walls of Word of Grace and the people that call this their church home. But I am saying that this is a great opportunity for you to be around like-minded people who at some level are pursuing God and you already have people that you can plug in and connect with. Maybe you've got other buddies from work or that live in your neighborhood that they're not there yet. You can't have these conversations with them quite yet. Maybe God will open up that door. Maybe you'll build that courage to be able to share some of these things with them at some point. And that's great for when that time comes. And maybe that time's now. Maybe you just need a little nudge today because maybe right now is the time for you to start sharing with some of those people who maybe aren't believers or maybe that just aren't seeking God uh, with that passion that maybe God stirred on the inside of you. Maybe you need to start sharing with them. But if you're looking for someone that you can just break this wall of intimidation that the enemy's trying to keep all this stuff hindered and keep your growth back, man, what safer place is there to do this than in the church? Amen? But you got to get to know somebody. You got to get connected and you got to make that effort. The best way that I know to do that is in Christ and community. You know, the more that we seek to understand, apply, and share God's word, the more we're going to grow. And I want to see each one of you grow. I want to continue to grow. Understand, apply, and share. 
Those are the practical practices that I believe that if we invest time and effort and energy in, we can take that passion that was stirred up in us from hearing a great message like Bob Utley and taking some of those things and, and beginning to use those tools that he gave us to actually put this thing to work and to start understanding more of who God is, applying it in our lives and sharing it with others for the glory of God. Amen? Thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word and to share these practical practices. And I pray that each one of us will take this challenge seriously to go deeper into your word, that we can get over the hurdles that have perhaps been in our way. And Lord, if there's someone here that does not know you, I pray that they would know you before they leave this place through connecting with one of our prayer team partners or through reaching out through an email or through one of our connection cards in the bulletin, God, or just tapping someone on the shoulder, just letting them know, hey, I'm, I'm ready to give my life to Christ. Or maybe, Lord, you're dealing with them right here and now, and they're surrendering right now to you. And maybe they just need to let someone else know about it so that they can start to grow from this point on in their relationship with you, Jesus. Lord, we, we want to take a reflective moment before we leave this place today. And we just want to, Lord, we want to repent for our misprioritization of using our time and the gracious resources that we have in this world, and especially in America, to be able to study your word and to know you more. And, and the fact that we, we've prioritized things wrong and we don't know more than about you and haven't pursued you, Lord, we, we want to repent and we just want to say, Lord, we want to turn around from this day forward and we want to pursue you with our whole heart. We want to give, Lord, our time and our attention and our focus to studying more about you and the things that you would have us to do and the way you would have us to live for the glory of God so we can understand and apply it and share it with others. And we thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Word of Grace. For more sermons or any other information, visit wogcc.com.